Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me is Ted Fells. He's the business strategist extraordinaire and all-around good guy. Greetings, all. That's right. Next, we have Britton Smith. Britton is the Renaissance man, the man who refuses to be pigeonholed. Ready and waiting. Britton, Britton where, where are you this week, Britton? Um, today, I decided to broadcast this show from Miami. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Britton does the show from a different location across the country every time. Or he's in the same location and he tells us he's in a different location. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Right. Like, you know, I was right. trying to clean it up. Right, but, you right, know. Right. Okay. Doing a little pretend there. So now we've, we've got different ways that our listeners and now our viewers can subscribe to the podcast, right? You know, we're on YouTube. We've, we've got a Facebook channel titled The 30-Minute Hour. So in light of this new technology and new ways to access us, <clears throat> I, I'm going to title the first part of this segment, Don't Subscribe to This Podcast. What are you doing, man? That's right, Britton. That's right, Ted. Don't subscribe to this podcast. I just feel the need to put out this disclaimer. Hmm. Here, here's where I'm going with this, Ted. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. You look a little concerned. There is some concern. Your Britain sounds troubled. I, I just want to. In Miami, Britain's not yeah, he's talking I'm, about this. I'm, I'm, rushing, I'm rushing to the studio. Right. <laughs> he's rushing from South Beach right. to the studio. Right. Don't subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for a podcast where the hosts are perfect, the hosts, they, they've never made a mistake, they've never made a bad decision, they've never hired the wrong person, they've never struggled to make payroll, they've never just fallen flat on their face, don't, just, don't subscribe to this podcast because this isn't that show. You know, other shows, you've got perfect hosts That's right. and people that tell you about all their successes and their victories, but don't tell you about the struggle and they don't tell you about the grind. They just, they paint this glamorous picture. This isn't that podcast. If that's what you're looking for, this isn't it. Don't subscribe to the podcast. I mean, if you're looking for a rosy picture when it comes to starting your own business, if you're looking for some hosts to tell you about how starting your own business is the solution to all your problems all you have to do is quit your day job start your own business and you will instantly become a millionaire don't do that don't subscribe to this podcast because that, that's not this show we, we have these successful entrepreneurs that come on that have come on and they've they've given up their day job to pursue their passion but that doesn't mean that that's the right decision for everyone in every circumstance. But if, but if you're looking for someone that's going to tell you that, if you're looking for a podcast that's going to tell you that, or that's automatically going to confirm that decision, don't subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for a podcast where the hosts are going to tell you that going after your dream is easy, and all you have to do is get your vision board, put it up on your wall, take a picture of a Bentley, put it on your vision <laughs> board. You'll go home and that Bentley will magically be in your driveway. Don't subscribe to this podcast because that's not what we're saying. Now, I know we've probably alienated the six faithful <laughs> subscribers that we have. <laughs> Right, 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 right. We're going to go from six to five. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. The five are going to stick with us. Yeah, the five are going to stick with us. Now, let, let, me, let me clean it up a little bit. 
mom is not going to just right. She's going to stay on this one, See, mom is just unsubscribed. Right, but right. That's painful for me right now, but okay. Now, if you're looking for some hosts that are going to keep it real with you, if you're looking for a podcast where there's transparency and authenticity, and you're not going to just hear about the good times, you're going to hear about the struggles, you're going to hear about the failures, you're going to hear about the challenges, not just from the hosts, but from the guests that we bring on. This is the podcast for you. If you're looking for the people that are going to shoot straight with you, we're like that friend in your life. You know, everybody has that one friend that's just going to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. You know, you say, hey, do I look fat in this outfit? Yep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. sure do. That's right. Hey, you got food in your teeth. You need to handle that. <laughs> right. Th th that's who we are on the 30-minute hour. We're going to keep it real with you. We're going to be authentic with you. And we're going to really get into the struggles that come with the success. Because really, it's a trade-off. You know, it's not all glory, it's not all victory. So we want to present both sides of that. So having said all of that, I want to get into this next piece of the segment. And by the way, if you are looking to keep it real and looking for that, again, you can go to the Facebook page titled The 30-Minute Hour. You can, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can just go ahead and click that little red subscribe button that allow you to follow us. But I want to talk about the most memorable failure that you've had. And I'm, I'm, we're going to go around to our, our different hosts. I want them to share a little bit about their story and what they do and their most memorable failure and what they learned from it. So, so we'll go ahead and start with you, Britton, the Renaissance man. But why don't you share with us a little bit about what you do and what your most memorable failure was and what you learned from it? Well, in the in the the world that I've ventured off into of uh, political strategy, campaign strategy, um, I look for opportunities to help either individuals on specific campaigns or organizations or entities with issue-based campaigns, um, or just help um, various industry various industries or trade associations or businesses um, with their government affairs. Uh, advise them on how to work with, utilize government resources to uh, better their uh, opportunities within that given industry. Uh, with that said, especially on the campaign front, as you look at most memorable uh, failures, um, in venturing off onto my own, I wanted to make sure I was doing everything the right way, the air quotes, the right way. Um, by the numbers as is designed the best opportunities, the best shot. And I think the, the situation that replays in my mind that if I had a mulligan, um, I'd definitely go back to it, is advising a candidate not to run for an elective office based on the numbers or the optics. Hmm. Um, and the reason why that sticks out so much is because, um, yeah, it, it doesn't look like, and the optics don't say that this person has the best chance or it's not the, the, the best possible chance, but this process may have been necessary for their own personal development or maturation. Hmm. And I, in a sense, had a hand in depriving that, uh, depriving, who knows, their community, the people who support them, from seeing a loved one, seeing a person that they truly respect, uh, that they want in that given space. And I, I think that's one that, you know, I did the right play. I did the, the, the quote unquote right move, but at what cost? And it, it's one of those things where um, that's something that I could have learned from. It's something that this person could have offered and I really have to I really have to think about that and take into consideration when we look at the decisions that we make hmm. no matter what field we're in no matter what space we're in no matter what industry um, sometimes the numbers don't necessarily equal the right play hmm. the optics don't necessarily equal the right play and um, you know it's 
I, I really loathe the way I came to know that, but I do appreciate garnering that knowledge from that instance. Well, that's powerful. So you're saying don't make the decision just based off of the analytical data. Yeah, it's it, it, it's one, especially, and now also as a baseball guy, it, it hurts me to go against the numbers. <laughs> it hurts me to play against the shift, but at, at some point you have to trust, you have to trust yourself, you have to trust what you stand on, and you have to trust the people that you work with, the people that you deal with, that there's something there, especially if it's an opportunity, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, when you get people engaged in a governmental political process. I often look back at that and say, I wonder how many people would have come out and voted for the first time just because their aunt was running, just because their uncle was running, just because this was a family member, a family friend, and the first time I'll actually get engaged in this political process because this is a candidate that I know. Hmm. Okay. Man, I think it's important that you, that you learn the lesson, and so now you're moving forward in a better way. So that's, um, thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. Okay. So, Ted, no Ted, you're this successful CEO, and everybody in your circle looks up to you. I mean, you, you've, been, you've had staying power in an industry where IT companies are dropping like flies. You know, they, one year, two years, three years, they're gone. So share with our audience your story. What has been your most memorable failure and what you learned from it? Um, I think, so, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a president of an information technology company. I've been doing this for some time, mostly mm -hmm. in the federal government, um, private sector space. And I think one of the, the largest, uh, biggest uh, failures that I've had was there was an opportunity that we had, we were very well positioned for, mm. um, an opportunity that I think would have been game changing for the, for the company. And um, so, you know, I met with the customer, the customer was very interested in our capabilities, we knew the opportunity was coming, we had a great team that had all type of capabilities in order to meet that requirement, mm -hmm. and started having meetings with the team to start discussing what our strategy was going to be once that uh, request for proposal came out. And uh, we were way ahead of the deal, and when the RFP dropped, you know, we were having these, we were having these daily meetings. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened was I kind of let someone else take the lead on just kind of managing the daily meetings. Mm. And every day I'd check and I'd be like, well, you know, how's it going? And they'd say things are going well and <laughs> things are, are moving, moving along. And, Okay, and so I figured I could continue focusing on other things and instead of staying, you know, kind of, you know, laser focused on this particular game changing opportunity. Right. And what ended up happening was by the time we got to the place where it started getting close to this proposal needing to be submitted, I looked at the, the, the document and it was a disaster. Mm. We had to work throughout the weekend. Wow to try to get this thing into a shape for submission. To make a long story short, the proposal was late. Wow. So you put your trust in this individual, figured they've got it, you don't really need to to follow up, you just let them handle it, you move on to something else. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, and I can't blame it on anyone but myself because of the importance that it had within an organization, hmm. right? You know, within a large organization, you could probably have different layers of people that can have their hands on something. But if it's that important to you as the president of the company, you know, you need to have your hands on that opportunity from cradle to grave. And so what ended up happening was this deal, again, game changing opportunity was blown. Hmm. And so that's one that I have constantly kicked myself about and, and, you know, and now trying to, you know, institute strategies to make sure that doesn't happen again right but at the end of the day i just think that you know if you can't necessarily you know live with the fact that it may not go right mm -hmm. then i think you got to make sure that you put your hands on something and keep your keep your your hands on the pulse of it yeah depending on what that level of the importance it is to you yeah. so what do they say delegate but don't abdicate Right, 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 right. absolutely. <laughs> right follow-up and make sure you give it to the right person. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because again, I know a lot of people in our circles look up to you. 
Yeah. And, and would think, okay, I want to be like Ted. I know Ted has never had any struggles ever. It's just a rosy picture. Yeah, that they don't don't be fooled. And so many times with my organ, you know, within the company, I have people that'll, you know, there'll be a great meeting or something, and people get, oh, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? I'm like, I, I never pop the champagne. Never pop never, the champagne. Never pop the champagne. Interesting. Until, until the game is over, <laughs> because there's so many times that you just think that this is going to happen for you. And it's a it's, someone said, "Hey, take this deal. It's a done. It's never a done deal. Right? Never done deal until it's a done deal for me. Never so, a done deal until it's a done deal. That absolutely. those are words to live by. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. So in my case, I, as you know, I'm the your procrastination prevention partner. No. <laughs> I know that's a shocker to everyone that's watching and listening and all that good stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, uh, there were a lot of preparatory steps that got me to this point where I coach and speak and write books. And so years ago, I was a district manager. You know, I had years of experience and it really has prepared me for what I do now. Years of experience is managing multiple locations. So I remember this was, I was working with video stores. Mm. I had this group of video stores and I had this one location and I went in to fire the manager for a policy violation. Mm. It was the right decision on paper. You know, he violated the policy. I'd fired other people for it in the past. <laughs> so I fired this manager yeah. and it, it set off this domino effect. So the assistant manager was tight with the manager, so he got upset and decided, you know what, tomorrow's going to be my last day, okay? So then you had the shift leader was upset because he was tight with the assistant, Wow! and so the assistant was leaving, he said, you know what, I'm just going to quit right now. Hmm. And then I had like this entry-level salesperson who... He saw everybody was quitting, so he figured, you know, I need to leave too. It's the new thing. It's the new thing. Right. So here I am. I had a store with no employees. Wow. I literally, it was the most humbling experience of my life. Hmm. I literally had to wake up, go set the alarm, spend my time running this video store hmm. because I had no employees. Wow. And, but what that taught me was to always contingency plan, okay. right? And for a while, I looked at that thing and I said, well, you know what? That, that's not really my fault, right? How was I supposed to know everybody's going to quit? But the problem is I wasn't always looking for good people, mm. right? I wasn't always hiring. I wasn't always handing out my business card at events or just talking to different people. Mm. And to the, it, it really, that changed the way I lead. That changed the way I coach. Mm. And the people that I work with, I always tell them, always be hiring. Mm. They, they think I'm a broken record. <laughs> but I just got to that point where I'm like, never again. And I think as, as a business person, you get to that point. You're like, never, uh, this is never happening to me again. Yeah. I'm never delegating this thing and have it get messed up. And I've got egg on my face now because right. we don't get this proposal. Right. Never again. I, and I think it, it helps to get you to that point. But I, I'm just convinced had that, it, that was very painful as a low point, but had that not happened, I don't know that I'd be here right now mm. in the position and being, being able to help people like I can help them. Mm. So, yeah, that was very painful. And I haven't really shared that with a lot of people. Now it's just going around the world, but we'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, there's no Kleenex around. No Kleenex. A, a tear in your eye. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it told me. Yeah, that, that, that re reliving that. I, you know, I, I heard it. I heard the tremble <laughs> in, in Eric's voice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's something that's called the planning fallacy, right? We we go into these things not thinking that anything's ever going to go wrong. Mm. Yeah, you, we we factor in best case scenario. But, we we don't plan failure into our success plan. We don't plan that somebody may quit. Well, no one takes a shot and expects to miss. Right. right. No, no, no. So, okay. Well, good. Uh, we, we have effectively kept it real. Right. We feel better. Now. Right. So, Britt, are, are we ready to move on now? Yeah, let, let's do this. Let's do this now. Let, let's do this now. Let, let's, uh, let's bring on our guest to the 30-minute hour. And, and I'm really excited. Um, she is an author consultant, she's a workshop presenter, college instructor, professional speaker, and she's also had these different articles that have appeared in various publications like uh, The Vegan Street, uh, Plant Pure, 
Nation, the New York Times, Balance, Choice, and Consulting Magazines. So get this. She has been a guest on numerous podcasts and appeared on television, including a guest appearance on the Oprah Winfrey Show to discuss successful relationships. Her joy is seeing individuals adapt health and wellness methods that reduce stress and bring harmonious balance to their lives. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Diane Randall. Hello. That's how, that's how like our, Hello. our applause light. We got applause lighting. Now that we've gotten through the fake applause, <laughs> Diane, welcome to the 30-minute hour. Hey, Eric. Thank you for having me. Well, and I tell you what, I mean, I, I'm one of these people, I believe in like the circle of life. Mm. And not too long ago, I was on this podcast being interviewed. Cause I don't know if you've heard, I'm, I'm your procrastination prevention partner. I don't know if you've heard that yet. No. No, I know. <laughs> Britton, have you ever heard that, that he's a procrastination prevention partner? Not one time. <laughs> no, I, I never mentioned it on here or anything. Uh, but now so I'm talking, I'm on this podcast, and this fantastic host mm. is asking me these great questions. Mm. And it just felt like literally I was sitting across the table talking to someone that I really trusted. Mm. And, and it was Diane when she had her podcast. Okay. And you know, when we got ours, she was one of the first people that came to mind as far as having on our show. So, Diane, I mean, you, I have to tell you, you did an excellent job of interviewing me, and it's just—it's an honor that this circle has come back around for me to interview you. Well, thank you, and I'm happy to be here on your podcast. Absolutely. Now, Diane, he may not do as great a job interviewing you <laughs> as you did of interviewing him, but just just bear, just bear with us. We're gonna do the best, the best we can do. <laughs> Diane, I'm doing the best I can. That's all you can do. There you go. We're not the hey, perfect podcast. That's what we all can do. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we said at the top we're not perfect, right? That's Put right. that out there. That's right. Okay, so your story is very interesting, Diane. Um, you started out as a systems engineer. Now, that's not the typical path to getting on Oprah, right? So, so talk to us about how do you go from being a systems engineer to where you are now? Tell us about your journey. Well, I was a systems engineer in my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. Now, I have this high-demanding job. Um, I'm a mom of two children, and I'm newly divorced at the time. So I have all these responsibilities and demands on me. And to make a long story short, my, my career was awesome, but my health was it was totally stressed. I had blood pressure, and I'm in the doctor's all the time because at that time I had to handle my life. Hmm. So I started figuring out that I needed to do something or I was going to have a heart attack and a stroke in the future because I was so unhealthy at the time, and my only focus was being a mom and getting up going to work every day. So I started looking at how can I sustain myself because I, I wanted to be a great mom, be, be here for my children as well as, you know, I had this awesome career. So I started researching and trying to find ways to sustain myself, you know, how, how can I physically, mentally, and emotionally balance myself out? And that's what led me to uh, reading, going to workshops. And as I went to these workshops, I entered programs where, for example, I got, I went into a life coaching program, I went into a health coaching program, I went into a behavior modification program. And I ended up getting a master's in spiritual psychology because all these different education programs allowed me to learn how to take care of myself. And because people would ask me so many questions and I would share information, I ended up creating a health and wellness business where hmm. I, would, I would do workshops, speaking engagements, 
I had the podcast because I didn't want people who really wanted to take care of themselves with self-care and uh, with busy lives to have to go through what I went through. So I became what I needed most at the time. I was actually my first client. Wow, that's very interesting. You said you were your first client. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. So you, you work with people in all walks of life that you consult with, that you coach one-on-one. -on -one. Are there any common stumbling blocks that you see in the people you work with as it relates to health and wellness? Jeez. We are all, um, the people that come to me, they're ready. There is, their mindset is that they're ready uh, because many people that I talk to are so busy, they say they really don't even have time to talk to me. But the people that really want change, they really want to bring balance to their life, they make time for mm. conversations. They, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about that first step. So that once they're willing to make time to change a few things about their life, I'm talking small things, then, then I talk to them and we're engaged, whether it's, it's coaching, consulting, or they're showing up at one of my classes or my workshops. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So you heard earlier, we we're talking about like our memorable failures. I mean, you, you become this big success. You've been on the Oprah Winfrey show. But tell our listeners about one of your memorable failures and what you learned from it. What I can share with you, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's an integral part of all my successes. And I say that because I am on the front line applying for different contracts. That's, that's how I earn my living. And just as recently as the past four weeks, I applied for two contracts that I did not get. Hmm. So this is this is how I earn my living. So I say that to say yes. Uh, that is a part of the the thing about me is I, you know, I look at it the feedback that I can use to help me go on to the. Not, I just move on. I just gotten better at it. It's been 25 years. <laughs> you know, at one point when I was younger, I probably spent a little more time on, oh, my God, it didn't work. Oh, my Jesus. You know, but now it worked. Let me see what happened. You know, let me figure that out and then move on to the next so that I can get back to work, you know, get, my con get a new contract going. That is the crux of my business. So when you ask me that question, I kind of chuckled. Because people don't see the work that I do, but I'm on the front lines of getting business and applying for business okay. contracts all the time. <laughs> yeah, your um, your connection was breaking up a little bit there, but you said you said something oh. I thought that was just profound that failure is an intricate part of your success. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Can you go into that a little bit deeper? I just think that's profound. I think that's something the listeners really need to understand. Well, when I apply for things, I don't everything that I go after, even as someone who's been at it for 25 years. Hmm. I don't get everything. For whatever reason, I, I just don't take it personally. If there's something I can learn, I, I try to do that. But I'm constantly not getting things that I want. I'm constantly getting rejected for one reason or another. It's mm -hmm. business, right? Mm -hmm. So what I've learned to do is hear it, feel it, and, and, and move on. Mm. I don't spend a lot of time on coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm. Hear it, don't. feel because it, and move that's on. That's my success. Yes, that's my success is... And I've had time and practice. I'm not saying it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> I've had time, lots of time and practice to be able to develop skills and tools to figure out what I need to do next and move on to the next thing and let that path go. It didn't work for whatever reason, and it's okay. If I can get feedback, that's fine. But if I don't, most of the time it's just business. 
for one reason or another. Maybe uh, I didn't have that extra skill set that they wanted. You know, it's, it's always something, but I've learned to just move on to the next thing. And that is what gets me my success most of the time is not holding on to the things that didn't work, but letting that go and focusing on the next thing I need to do. Now, Diane, I, I think that's a really, a really good approach to this because, you know, I think, you know, both of us being in that business where we're, we're, we're responding to RFPs or, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and expecting, <laughs> you know, the, the best in these situations. And, and the thing that I've had to learn is sometimes it's just not your day, right? Like, you know, it didn't mean that you didn't have a great proposal. Mm -hmm. Like I've had opportunities where, right. where I was informed that out of 30 proposals, our proposal was the best, mm -hmm. but we lost. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. You know, but sometimes it could be someone has a greater relationship, someone has a cheaper cost, and just some days it's just not your your day. And like you said, you have to kind of you have to you know kind of deal with it, feel it, and then and then move on. And and you kind of have to figure out that you have to have your the way that you deal with it, your moment, because people will tell you, oh yeah, just get over it, just move forward. No, I can't just get over it. No, like, right. I, I'm gonna you be upset till Monday. I'm gonna be upset till Monday. And I'm gonna get over <laughs> it on Monday, but. All this time and, I put and into I'm gonna it. Talk, right. Yeah. But, but but it is an experience. And like you said, because I have no idea most of the time why these things don't work, and a lot of times it's about money. You know, I've even gotten contracts, and they've ended maybe not a lot. It's ended earlier than the six months that I was supposed to work with this company. Mm. It's business. It happens. Yes, I'm so disappointed about it. Okay, mm -hmm. but I've learned to, uh, you know, it's if they don't have money, okay, and I'm disappointed. I'm whatever emotions I have in that moment, I go through that because you have to go through that, you know. And then, uh, whatever time I need to deal with it, and then I'm done with that, and then I'm moving on to the next thing. Excellent. So I'm going to allow Britton to jump in before we, um, I have some questions I want to ask you about your book. Before we go, that, Britton, what, what question did you have for Diane? Hey, Diane, I was uh, reading a piece about, uh, you know, prior to the show, reading a piece uh, by Dr. Sandro Galea on the intricacies of healthcare and public health. And as we, as we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of what you do as it comes to health and wellness, self-care, the importance of self-care, um, oftentimes uh, we don't see that marriage into, uh, I guess, public policy. Now we see how our politics has um, evolved and the discourse has evolved. And now everyday people are walking around with such heavy-weighted uh, political opinion. Uh, would you just talk about the importance of healthcare and how that of, of health and wellness and how that that would be significant, especially at a time where our political climate is where it is? Well, I feel that my work is needed more than ever. Uh, I'll just give you an example of the millions of people dying of heart disease, the millions of people that have uh, diabetes. As a when I'm as a health coach, my work is to help people break through the blocks that they have about their health and realize that if they eat a certain way, uh, if they look at their health differently, then they could make changes and wouldn't have to rely on the medication or they won't become a statistic as other people. So I do a lot of plant-based education. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I teach a lot of plant-based, but my clients are not plant-based. Uh, one of the requirements for this particular work that I do is that all the coaches have to be plant-based so that I can speak from a place that I'm actually uh, modeling myself. So talking to people about changing behaviors is what I do, behavior change, that are in the way of them living a healthy life. And the politics, more than ever, uh, uh, cutting OACA, uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, 
pharmaceutical companies charging a hundred times what the cost of drugs are. I feel my role is so important today in helping people to change their minds about their health, which is more important than ever. Uh, giving them uh, tips and on how they can just open their minds up and try things one step at a time, uh, set some goals for their health and help them to be successful in those goals, and if they fail, I'm there to support them in getting up and trying things again until they have their little successes. But for me, it's about supporting the community, uh, the the people at large on relearning what it means to eat healthy, to be well. I work with executives. I work with all kinds of people, and it doesn't matter what kind of job you have, whether you're the president of a company or whatever, your role, you are still a human being who needs to have some type of self-care or some type of healthy living or some type of wellness, or you find yourself with a lot of health problems. So, so Britton, so Diane, we're probably not going to go to a barbecue at Diane's house either because... <laughs> It sounds like it's, no. it's, 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 no. it's, it's all going to be plant-based. No. She's going to you, – you bring some cabbage to sit up on the grill, some squash. I, mean, See, I, yeah. edu- I educate people on what it means to be plant-based. See, I get rid of the myth. There's no cabbage on the grill. Eric was thinking about joining you in coaching because that's what he does. And then when you said that whole plant-based thing, I just saw his face just like, well – <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving up on. The, I'm not giving up on these ribs for nobody. <laughs> but, but the plant base, the plant base is just educating people on what does it mean to eat healthy. I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, I do a lot of uh, mindset change, mm. helping people to change their minds about you know what they're doing and how they look at food or how they look at their life or right. what's in the way. What's in the way? Of, of people doing the things that they know they should be doing or that they want to do, but it's just so hard for them and they don't know where to start. That's where I come from. Mm. Yeah, that, I think that's great. And I want to shift gears a little bit. I, I've got your book here, Jump Start Your Life. Find your motivation and change your life one step at a time. So, so tell us, Diane, what, what inspired you to write this book? Oh my gosh, it's funny you ask that question. This book evolved from a story that I wrote years ago about a single mom who stepped out of her comfort zone, which was me, and moved to a city where I had no family or no support network. And I talked about how I didn't even have any money, you know, this was at the time, to to make a move to another city. So I wrote this article about that journey of not having, living my family, everything I knew, because in my heart and in my gut, I needed to move to Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted something different in my life at the time. I, you know, the I worked for the biggest company in. Uh, McDonald Douglas in St. Louis, and I watched McDonald Douglas lay off everybody. Mm. And I saw the ripple effect of what that did to the communities, mm. to the real estate industry, to the, the stores, to everything around me. And that, 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 that scared me. So it scared me into action that, okay, I need to move to a city that has more of not only a bigger middle class, but also more industry. So I talked about uh, the trials and tribulations of that. And not only did I have an article, I turned it into a presentation. And I taught Jumpstart Your Life, and I still do as a workshop for the past 10 years. So what I said a couple of years easier for more people to step through all the jumpstart rules and and actually create a plan to help them realize things that they want to do and haven't done yet okay and now 
there's a part of your book I want you to get into here. You say, discomfort is your greatest friend. Talk yeah. to us about that. What, what, what does that mean? Dis okay. <laughs> what, what that means is, and you can think about your own life, because we all experience discomfort whether we admit to it or not. Have you ever had an inkling in your stomach or a funny feeling in your gut that you should be doing something? You may not even know what that is, but you realize that your life at this point, there's, there's something missing and there's this, 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 I call it a discomfort. There's an inkling that there's something more that I should be doing. You call it your gut, your intuition, or whatever name you may have. But it means that I'm not fulfilled. There's hmm. something else I should be doing. Wow. So, so when you feel that, you feel that discomfort. So is it like, like I find before I'm about to do a big presentation, I have that discomfort, that discomfort feeling. Like I've learned that that's, that's usually a sign for me that's something I need to do whenever I feel that feeling beforehand. It, it, it is that type of feeling, but, but if you take it a little deeper, it's, it's about, okay, let's say for me, I'm living my life comfortable with my family. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. I got all the babysitters around me, but yet I'm, I have this discomfort because I knew I, I want to move. That's where my heart is. That's where my dream is to, to change my life. And the discomfort felt greater than being comfortable in my community, around my family, where I had all the support I needed and a good job. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So, so it's like if, if you've ever experienced that, and I feel that we all experience it at one time or another, but it's an indicator. It's an indicator that, that we need to look at our lives and, and see what else we could be doing that would bring us fulfillment or whatever you want to, you know, phrase it as. Mm, okay. And you've got uh, 10 jumpstart rules. Like, is there one of the 10 that's like your favorite or is there one of the 10 that you feel like is a, the biggest priority? Well, the biggest one is start where you are. Mm. It, it's really the first one. Be I say that because if many people could get past their barriers, if many people could do things in life that they wanted to, they would be doing it. So what, what I say is if you want to shift some things, it, it helps you to, this will become aware of that. It helps you to be honest with yourself and acknowledge that you do want change, that you are willing to take the small steps to change your life. And it also uh, talks about how you bring up all those things that are keeping you stuck in place, even if you're not solving it, but being honest about that and recognizing that there are some things in the way. And also in order to go through the whole process that you need to be loving and kind to yourself. Because if you're telling yourself you're an idiot, you're mm. a failure, then there's no way you can take that first step. You know, I think that's critical. And I just see a lot of people, they talk to themselves negatively. And, you, and you're saying that that's a big stumbling block that you're seeing with people. It stops people in their tracks. I have people show up at my, my and it's mostly middle-aged people. And that's what I love about teaching the, the workshops is from all walks of life who see my workshop, Jumpstart Your Life, and, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to show up and hopefully you can tell me what I need to do. But when they show up, it's like, I'm not here to tell you what you need to do. We need to walk through this process together hmm. and you become aware and acknowledge exactly what you need to do. Or even if you don't know what to do, what's possible? Mm. What small things are possible for me to, to change my life? Because many people, or many, too many, are doing things in their life that they really don't want to do. Mm. They, it's, not, 
If they had their, and they say, I don't have a choice. That's what some people say, but you do have a choice. And what I do is I show people how to realize their dreams. It doesn't matter that you put your dreams on the shelf 20 years ago. You can have that and you can have your life too. So, so that's what I love about uh, being able to teach these rules for 10 years because they've evolved into Mm. I think that's a, that's a very powerful question. What's possible? Like if you're stuck and you just think about, hey, what's possible? That that can really get you moving. Well, well, instead of answering that question, a lot of people go, well, I can't think about it because I got my husband, I got my kids. It's like other things in my life that what I want is impossible, and and I'm here to advocate that it's not. Mm. Wow. Okay. So how can our listeners and viewers get a hold of this great book? You can go to my website, www.dianerandallconsults.com, or you can go to Amazon, any, any online retailer, Barnes & Noble, uh, Independent Books, any, Indie Books, any online retailer has this book. Okay. And then, so I know we've got listeners and viewers that need your help with this wellness program. How can they get a hold of you to set up an appointment? They can, they can reach out to me at my website, www.dianerandallconsults. They can go to my Facebook uh, page, which is Diane Randall Consults, and my Instagram, which is Diane Randall Consults. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> All right, Diane Randall Consults. Very easy. I think she said Diane Randall Consults. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Well, Diane, it's been a pleasure having you on the 30-minute hour, and we're, we're going to move into a segment uh, that we call Around the Horn where we give closing comments based on the show. Did you have any closing comments that you want to leave uh, with our listeners that they can remember you by? What I would like to say to all your listeners is that small steps equal big changes. Mm. Wow. Small steps equal big changes. Fantastic. Mm. Well, you said a lot right there. Okay. Well, thank you, Diane. So we'll, we'll keep moving. Thank you. We'll keep moving around the horn. Uh, Britton? So my, my thought uh, and the prevalent theme for this week, um, we've seen um, today, uh, and I guess I'll, I'll date this show, but today um, Morehouse uh, had their commencement, and their commencement speaker uh, Robert F. Smith, uh, who was one of the few African-American billionaires in the nation, decided to do a, a commencement endowment for all of the graduating seniors, and that endowment uh, will cover all of the student loans for all of the graduating class. Mm. So I think that is something that we should definitely take note, that there are people willing to invest in your dreams and futures. I mean, it just, I saw that today. I mean, that's, yeah. that is just like yeah. life-saving, life-saving, life-changing and everything. Just, just imagine the students and their families at uh, that point. I mean, I almost got emotional. Almost. I can only imagine. Well, yeah. There's a million hallelujahs up in there, right? Oh my goodness. That is amazing. The health and well, look, the health and wellness went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> It instantly improved. Absolutely. I mean, they, they went instantly, to that, exponentially. They went to that ceremony thinking, okay, I've got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. What am I gonna do? And yeah. problem solved. Yeah, it is. Amazing. But but it goes back to what Diane said. What's possible? Yeah. You just, that's why you just have to stay open. You just yeah. never know. Yeah. You have no idea. Absolutely, man. But Britt, no, that that's a great call out. I mean, I, I saw that today, and that that's a game changer. Hopefully, others. Um, step up to the plate and do something similar and we maybe we one day get a system where you don't have to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt when you come out of college yeah. 
Absolutely. Ted? Diane, really, uh, really enjoyed your, your interview. I mean, you said a lot, of pos a lot of great things and some things that, you know, that I'm, you know, taking to, uh, you know, going to implement myself and we'll need to get a copy of the, of the book as well. So, uh, but thank you for, uh, thank you for your time and, 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 and sharing with us and just hoping that you, uh, you'll be willing to come back, uh, come back again in the future. I would. Thank you. Excellent. So, so my piece for Around the Horn, it really goes back to something Diane hit on earlier where she talked about failure is an intricate part of your success. And it's something that I've just believed for a long time. And what stops people is they don't factor failure into their success plan. You know, if it's a, something as simple as a New Year's resolution, I'm going to start working out, I'm going to work out every day, they miss a day. And then all of a sudden, oh, I, I failed. Uh, so much for that. New Year's resolution broken. Yeah. Not anticipating that you're going to have failures. You're going to have setbacks. You, you can take Diane's vegetable diet, plant-based diet program, go one day, eat, eat a rib. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't give up. You got to get back you're on that plant-based diet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you had the rib one day, that's but it. you can go back to the plant-based. That's right. That's right. And, and keep it moving. But I just think that's so important. People get so tripped up when they fail, yeah. but that you have to understand that's a part of, that's a normal part of the process. And, and the key is just to move forward. And Diane, again, I just thank you for being on our show. I thank you for pointing that out. I thank you for being transparent with your story. Oh my goodness. We only learn from things that happen, our experiences. Absolutely. Okay. Well, this concludes this week's episode of the 30-minute hour. And again, for those of you that are looking for the host to keep it real, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that red subscribe button. You can also go on our Facebook page that's titled The 30-Minute Hour. Click the like button and follow us so you can stay up to date on our episodes. We're on Anchor and iTunes and everywhere else. Instagram as well. Instagram, that's right. Uh, and then, uh, speaking of which, I did want to do a special shout out to our cameraman, Kenneth Young. And he does videography, he does video. If you want to get a hold of him to have him do video for your event, you can hit him on Gmail, KennyYoung0426 at gmail.com. He will do a great job for you. He's on Instagram as well. That concludes this week's episode. Until next week. Have a great one.